Welcome, everybody, to the Directed IRA podcast with yours truly, Mark Kohler. And I'm here with the amazing Matt Sorensen, the author of the book, The Self-Directed IRA Handbook. How does it feel, Matt? It's the number one book on self-directed IRAs, so well, pretty you're, good. That makes him uh, pretty important at a party with a bunch of nerds. Other than that, it's, <laughs> totally it's our, useless. <laughs> totally useless. All right. Wow. Welcome, everybody. You, you are our tribe. You are our followers. We are all in this together trying to better invest our retirement accounts. I have had one of those mornings where I've learned to hate Wall Street even more. I just... Ugh. <laughs> Finding out the fees buried in these 401ks all over the country and 401ks and the inability for us to try to control our own retirement inside 401ks, it astonishes me. They have locked it down. So anyway, you're in the right spot. If you want to invest in what you know best, we are excited to break down any strategy we can and find to help Americans just be American. That's the American spirit. Yeah, just like take control of your own destiny. Don't just like leave it to Wall Street to figure it out for you because they're looking out for themselves. Yeah, I know, so I know. take control, baby. That's trademark not to be used without the express written consent of Matthew Sorensen. Take control of your retirement. Okay. okay. Wow. All right. Now this is the show. Or Major with- League Baseball either. You got to check with them. Yeah. No reproduction or rebroadcasting allowed. Um, yeah. I went to the Suns game last night. Durant was supposed to play and he hurt his ankle. Yeah, in, like in the warm-ups. warm-ups. Yeah. <laughs> I is, didn't even get to see him warm up. This is the guy they spent like $20 million to get. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was out in the hallway getting a brat and some popcorn. And like, there's Kevin Durant. So there he goes. He's gone. I was like, what the hell? Out for the season. Out. Is it the season? <laughs> no, I Oh, know. okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> that would be, that's the son's luck. Yeah, yeah. okay. Well, everybody, um, this is the Open Forum Show where we're going to cover, Let's. we'll get right into it. We want to keep it light, have fun. Um Learning about investing and tax strategies and wealth building does not have to be boring. We want to keep it real. So today is when we go over your questions. We've had some submitted via social media, our emails, the website, and we are going to just start fielding questions. And this is a lot of times surprising to a lot of our followers going, oh, I never thought of that question or, oh, so-and-so had a question like that. That's great. So it can be very, very enlightening. Since I've been talking a little bit much here, Matt, why don't you go with the first question? You got anything good? Yeah. Mark and I have both been lawyers for a long time now. Yes. It's been a long time. So we bill by the hours, so we learn how to make stuff take forever. Um, that's yeah. a joke. That's a lawyer yeah. joke, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, is, which in some scenarios, taking our time really pays off. And in, yeah, in other I'm, ways, too. You yeah, know? I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I'd like you guys' time. Uh, yeah. mind wander on... <laughs> But we're going to have a great weekend. That's all we're going to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of the stuff you're learning here today. Okay, let's get into the self-directed questions. All right? That's okay. what you're here for, not for our, our uh, satire. It's called satire. <laughs> our week comedy show. Uh, <laughs> what is this podcast, guys? Yes, there we go. Okay. All right. This is a good question, though. Um, I've, got, I've got a lot coming in through the email. Get over to directdiary.com slash podcast to submit questions. But I've been saving a lot in the emails that I think are good ones. So um, this came in... I don't have his name. Well, anyways, all right. Yes, Matt, Mark, I've visited the podcast. I've been online for two years. One thing I wanted to know about is using an IRA trust versus an IRA LLC. I've heard you say the trust is a no-go and you've explained it. I found other companies in your industry allow for it. Also, I've talked to them on the phone and been on websites and seen some people who seem to use it. I want to buy two parcels of raw, unimproved land. Um. One is a certain amount of acres. The other is 26. One's 37. Both in Alabama. I live in Georgia. I want to have some oversight of these properties. 
Um, I might subdivide it, sell it as a flip. Not sure. What's your thoughts on using an IRA trust? And can you go into any updates or details? Okay. I'm going to set the tone here for you too. It's not an issue. Can you? The issue is, should you? There's sites out there all over. It says, yeah, you should and can. We want to provide a dis, a, a, a distinct, we want to distinguish that yeah. because just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to set that stage too. Yeah. So um, I'll just hit the bottom line. Um, we much prefer the IRA LLC. Just do the IRA LLC. And why? Because the IRA LLC is tested. It's true. I just had an article in the California Lawyers Association business section bulletin about using an IRA LLC. Real lawyers that get into this do not use trusts. They use the IRA LLC structure. There's a whole chapter in my book. There's cases on it. The IRS has talked about it. So we know it's a a safe lane to be in. Okay, I got number two. It gives you the checkbook control. You can have the LLC on the property rather than your IRA custodian. Okay, well, let's go. Let's, do, let's list it out. I like that. In fact, yeah. I want to write some of these. Can I get a pen? Our studio producer here, Omas, got one. I want to put this in a little article. I'm liking this. Okay, number one, mm-hmm. tested. Yes, well tested. tested. And I'm going to say- Cases. I got like 20 cases yep. in, or IRS revenue rulings in my book on it alone. Okay, look at Can you hear this, people? Yeah. Real notes being taken here. I want to say number okay. two. Number two? Number Real two. lawyers- Use the IRA LLC structure. Yeah, now, and I'm, to expand on that, and that's what got me excited. I didn't mean to cut you off, but what excited me about that is find out who's selling you the trust idea. It's not a lawyer. Nine times out of 10, it's a company or a document producer or someone just passing around a trust document saying, use this, saving legal fees. Now, again, can you use that trust? Sure. But here's what I don't like about it and why I like that this is what lawyers use is because you want two words, <laughs> malpractice insurance. People, this is a big deal. When you use a lawyer to draft your LLC or a trust or whatever legal document, you now have the malpractice insurance carrier and the licensure of that lawyer yeah. protecting you. Yeah, they're on the line. They got to the back line. it up. Yeah. Someone that just sold you that trust and says it's a great idea, it's about worth the paper was printed on. Yeah. <laughs> and so I really like your point. It's well-tested. And number two, if a lawyer is recommending a trust and will stand behind it and give you all the, you know, bells yep. and whistles you need with it, which we're going to come to here next. Yep, that was my next That's, point. Okay. <laughs> go ahead. All right. Go there. Now, even at directed IRA, we will let someone do an IRA trust. <laughs> I have one requirement. There needs to be a lawyer who sets it up, who said it was set up in compliance with the rules regarding IRAs. Love you it. know how many of those I've got? Zero. Zip. Nada. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Not, nothing. You know, so um, that gives you an indication of what's really out there. So, but okay, the, the now, sale of the trust, let me just say that, okay. is people are like, well, you can use the trust and it's better than an LLC, and particularly in California. I mean, that's why I was surprised here. You're in Georgia and Alabama. Why do you care? Just do an LLC. They're inexpensive. If Nominal annual fees, tried and true, all the reasons we gave. But it's the Californians that get sucked into the trust the most mm-hmm. because California has an $800 annual fee for LLCs. Everybody hates it. No one wants to send money to the big bad government in California. But you know what? You get some perks there. Yep. Okay. Now I want to go number three. So I just said well-tested, lawyer-backed. Was there a variation on that one? I think you were, we were saying the same thing. Well-tested, lawyer-backed. Yeah, it's kind yep, of the same, same thing. thing. Okay. Number three, the LLC is actually easier. You yes. may think the trust is easier, but it's not because on day two, you've got to get a bank account. <laughs> Try walking into Wells Fargo and going, I'm setting up a trust account. 
That's my what, IRA owns. <laughs> yeah, after their brain explodes and they hit the, they're like, which button do I hit under the desk here? The one that we're being robbed or I have no clue on the planet what this person's talking about. Yeah, bring your camping gear. You're going to be there a yeah. while. Okay? You can settle in, okay? <laughs> settle in. So the LLC is, everybody knows what an LLC is. And when you go to the bank to set up your LLC, you have your articles, you're the manager, you have an EIN, you have your social. Done. Do not say the letters IRA. Do not say this is a retirement account LLC. I will promise you too that bankers can yeah. be even difficult with that. But you try to go set up a trust account. Yeah. Oh, okay. We get a copy of the trust. Oh, who's the beneficiary? An IRA. Boom. They're like calling yeah. the hotline in New York. I mean, if cops don't come in and arrest you, you're going to be lucky. But and anyway. I'll say this, there's even banks that do IRA LLCs like Titan Bank. Some we've had sponsors, our, our summits and stuff that, oh, we know what that is. We know what an IRA LLC is. We do lots of those. We help mm -hmm. customers with those that need bank accounts for them. That ain't the same even for them with this IRA trust structure. So I would just steer clear of it. Use the IRA LLC. It's a great way to get the checkbook control. It's also easier well, when, you buy, when you buy and sell real estate, you know, just at the title <clears throat> company. Closing yeah. on it, the paperwork, you're going to go engage someone. They're like, wait, I'm using the, I mean, I'm contracting with the XYZ trust. What the heck is that? Yeah. Okay. And let's go to the next level. What about a tax return? Let's say you want to partner with someone too. So you've got this IRA trust with three beneficiaries. Now you're doing a 1041 trust tax return. See, with an LLC, if you bring in partners, easy schmeasy, 1065, everybody gets a K-1. If there's no taxes owed by the IRA, done. No 990T. Oh, you got a 401k in the mix? They don't have to, they, they can independently decide if they need to do a 5500 or 5500 EZ. But you get a trust in the mix? Good luck going to your account and going, oh, I have an IRA trust and I need to do my tax return? Okay, then you've got a whole problem of educating your accountant. You walk in with an LLC, 1065, K-1s, people get it. It's easy to understand. You come into our, an accounting firm and ask for a trust tax return versus a, a 1065, double the price. They're a pain in the butt. Accounts don't get it. You like it. that reason too? Do you have any others? No, I don't think we killed. I mean, we can beat this one to death. We can do a whole episode but on that's this. True. Maybe we should, we should but... Okay. Um, yeah, and I'll just say this. I have had clients who have set up an IRA trust somewhere else who come over here, and I had one even in Arizona. And let me tell you what they had. They had an IRA, own a trust, and they own some real estate in, in Maricopa County, which is where Phoenix is. And the title company wouldn't let them sell the property. They're like, we aren't going to transfer title. We're not going to issue title insurance on this because what the heck is this? A trust, and they're like, yeah, it's a business trust. Okay, Arizona doesn't have that. No, no, it's just a regular trust. Okay, an individual needs to establish a regular trust, like a grantor trust, like the trust for estate planning. Who established this? Well, my IRA. Well, that doesn't fit the rules here either. So these trusts have been used and convoluted between state to state. Some states have like a business trust, but a lot of states like Arizona, they don't even know what the heck it is. We had to unwind the whole dang thing, which cost them over $10,000 in legal fees before they could sell the property. Oh my gosh, crazy. Okay. All right, let's move on. I got a fun little question here. This came in through my social media. I covered it in my certified tax advisor training this week. If you haven't heard about that yet, over at markjkohler.com, I'm now uh, with a 12-module, over 70 videos, uh, training program with weekly calls, a member forum. So cool. Anyway, there's a whole module on IRAs and retirement accounts. 
And I talked with these uh, students. We've got over 150 now going through the program, regular graduates. So cool. Put these initials behind your name. And if you're out there as an advisor listening to our podcast, which half of the listeners of our podcast are doing advisory services. They're either financial advisors, lawyers, CPAs, uh, enrolled agents. We want to get you better trained. We want you charging more per hour. We would love you to make more money and help people get their money out of Wall Street. So we're on your team. We're on your team. So if you need more training on that, get over to my website. So anyway, during this week, we had a training on 60-day rollovers. Uh, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> I know, I'm such a dork. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm, I'll come up with some good analogies here. But anyway, let me just run through a couple basics. There, uh, some people said, how do I do a 60-day rollover? Is it all of my IRAs can do it? What's the time period? So let me just hit a couple of rules on this. I don't think we've dedicated a whole show to it. So I think it's a good review. Let's say I have an IRA and I'm over at Morgan Stanley and I want to transfer it to directed IRA. Okay, cool. That's a trustee to trustee transfer. You're going to call directed IRA, open up an account for an IRA. Then you're going to call Morgan Stanley, go transfer it. They're going to complain. And then directed IRA will help you get the money out of their bl- gripped of their bloody hands, holding your money. Sorry. Was that a little too you're, graphic? Yeah. You're, okay. Anyway, so you want to get dead hands, yeah. <laughs> cold dead hands, but you want to get directed IRA involved to help do what's called a trustee yeah. to trustee transfer. No tax, no penalty. You basically fired Morgan Stanley and you have a new account, a directed yeah. IRA for your money. And you could do it at a partial. You don't have to like fire them and let the whole thing go. But you could just say, oh, just I got 200 grand over here. Let's yeah. send 100,000 over to yeah. self-direct. Do not confuse that with a 60-day rollover. That's just a trustee to trustee transfer. Now, let's say you want to go from a Roth. Now, this why this is coming up is we're on the cusp of April 18th, coming down the pipe. And people are like, well, I need to fund my traditional IRA for last year. I want to convert it to a Roth, but I want to get it over to self-directing. And if you say the wrong words, the, the broker dealer that you're working with might send you the money. Heaven forbid. That initiates what's called a 60-day rollover issue. But anyway, let's say you have a Roth at Morgan, or we'll go Fidelity. So I have a Roth IRA at Fidelity, and I want to transfer it to a directed IRA. You set up a Roth at directed IRA. It's a Roth to Roth, IRA to IRA. Now, if you're going to contribute for your IRA for last year before April 18th, and you make too much money and you know you're going to convert it to a Roth, contribute to an IRA at Fidelity, that's option one, convert it to a Roth, then wait until you know that they understand that it's a Roth, then you can transfer it over to directed IRA. Something that might be easier, option two, is transfer it to a regular IRA at directed IRA. And you may say, well, I want to convert to Roth, so I'm going to open up a Roth account and transfer it. No, 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 that's not a conversion. The conversion happens at the trust company or the brokerage. So you transfer the IRA to directed IRA, then we'll have you open up a Roth and convert. Now, we actually have a package where we do that all in one execution of documents. We make it super easy. Traditional to traditional, convert to Roth, on, and we understand what you're trying to accomplish. But that's not a 60-day rollover. Sometimes explaining what's not a 60-day rollover is easier than explaining a 60-day rollover. But let's say... For some reason, Mark Kohler, this happened to me last week, I wanted to get my traditional IRA from Acorns, which I, I love, whether it's Stash, Robinhood, or Acorns, you might have a little app you're saving your in your IRA. I do it with my kids for teaching savings and having competitions, super fun. But I want to get that IRA over to a directed IRA to convert to my Roth. 
Well, trying to do a trustee to trustee transfer on an app on your phone, I might as well have been trying to I don't know, book a flight to the moon. You know, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so what I did is I took the easy way out. I said, just send me the damn money. So I did it. I did a withdrawal. So I took my IRA money and withdrew it. Now, the IRS knows that this can happen incidentally or planned or whatever. So they say, hey, if you take money out of an IRA, you got 60 days to put it back. We understand you may have meant to do it intentionally or unintentionally. You got 60 days to put it back or into any other type of retirement account of the similar type. So if it was an IRA, which my accordance was, I took the money. I actually went to Wells Fargo, saw the money come out. I got it. So now... I have to go put it in another IRA, which I set up at Directed IRA, and I had 60 days to do it. I could play around with it for 59 days, spend it on whatever I want. I could go get the money out of a different account, but I got to put the same dollar amount down to the penny into my new IRA at Directed IRA. I got 60 days. Now, Matt, I want to pose this to you. Can I do that with every IRA account I have? I mean, that sounds great. I mean, I got all these different <laughs> IRAs. Can I do it in all these IRAs? Uh, no, you can do it. One 60-day rollover every 12 months, okay? Mm. And this gets screwed up a lot. As a person, As not an individual, okay. yes. So um, this gets screwed up a lot. A lot of people think it's one per year. So they might have done it in December, and then they do it again in January because it's a different tax year, and that would make sense, right? Yep. Nope. The IRS makes sense, doesn't it? No, it's oh. one every 12 months. So now you've got to wait. Rolling calendar. Yeah, t- rolling calendar. You've got to wait 12 months before you can do another 60-day rollover. Yep. Because what was happening was – People were doing a 60-day rollover every two months. they just pop into the next account, and then they do another 60-day rollover, 60-day rollover. And they, that money would stay out of their retirement account for years. And there's a lot of people doing that as a strategy. Mm. Um, IRS caught on with it, took one of them to tax court and won. And the, the case holding, and then the IRS came out and clarified one per every 12 months. Okay. Now, this gets fun. I'm, I just unpacked this for one more moment. One of the questions we had in our advisory program was, they said, well, what happens if I make money on that money during that 60-day period? There was an advisor that said, I took the money out of my IRA, went and bought it, a stock that doubled in value. And then I went back and put the money in my IRA that I originally took out. Who is? Can I put that money in my IRA? No, that was not self-directing. Yeah. That was you taking money out of your IRA, using it. And so that client has to pay taxes on the money they earned on that money personally. Because it was outside they, the account. Yeah, you because know, it was outside the account. And then they put the money back in the IRAs. Now, if you say, well, I want that profit in my IRA, um, two words, self-direct. Okay, yeah. so there's the idea there. Okay. Um, anyway, so I thought that was fun. Um, I'm going to ask you a question, though. Devin okay. and I, I asked this question, too. Does the 12 months start the day you receive the money for the 60 year over or the 12 months when you put the money back? Mm-hmm. I said... I won't tell you what I said. I would say the day the distribution goes. That's what I said. That's the safe bet. Because that's what's going to get coded with the IRS, Mm. and that's what's going to be a record of. So, and also, yeah. So So, now now I do know on the receiving end of it coming back in, if the check is, if there's an envelope, and we do this with them when they come in and it's tight to the deadline, we save the envelope. Because if it was postmark and it's a check, Within the 60 days, even though we get it after 60, we can still receive it. Mm. So I do know that coming back in, you can work off the postmark date. Wow. I think the clock starts ticking like when that. the distribution goes now, what out. That, I like that. So that, what that means, people, is if you initiated a withdrawal from you know, Merrill Lynch on January 15th, they actually sent you the money on February 1st. You may say, okay, well, I've got 60 days from February 1st 
and you do the math and sometime the end of March, let's say, or whatever. And so you got your two sixty your sixty days. You can't do another sixty another sixty day rollover until after February first next year, because that's when you initiated yeah. the one the year before. And so you gotta wait that twelve months. So yep. I love it. All right. Cool. All right. We got a question from Judy. Says, hi, Mark and Mac. Thanks for all the great info you guys provide. Enjoy the show. Anxious for more. My self-directed I received a 1099 INT. This was interesting come my LLC received from investing in notes, my IRA LLC. I understand I do not need to pay taxes on this. How do I make certain that my CPA does not list this as income, such as W-2 earnings and tax, to me in, in any way? Okay, good question, Judy. So this is something a lot of clients have questions about right now is they got their 1099s, they're starting to prepare their stuff to get to their accountant or CPA. The questions start flying when their CPA starts looking at stuff, okay? Here's the first thing. That 1099 INT should be in the EIN of your LLC and or IRA, and I'll explain that here in a minute. Your social security number should not be anywhere on that 1099 INT. Mm. If you screwed up and your social security number's on it, you're going to have to try and fix that and go back to who issued you the 1099 INT, and that can be hard. So this is a lesson for everyone. When you're out there working with someone, let's say you're lending money um, or you're investing in some deal or you're selling a property, a lot of times they're going to ask you for a W-9 that's going to say, who are you? What is your tax ID, ABC Investments LLC? And you need to fill out that W-9 correctly in the case of an IRA LLC, you can list the LLC's EIN, but if it's a single member LLC, you actually list, you say the LLC, but then you list your IRA as the member of it on the W-9 and you list your custodian's tax ID, which we will give you if you call directed IRA for us. And that's the EIN on there. Bottom line, the most thing just to know is, and I have a whole article on that. And even if you get to directedira.com and you search W-9 IRA LLC, I give you the instructions on every box and how to fill it correctly. But the bottom line is your social does not go on anything. Okay. I have a question. So yeah. I, I understand the social. Are you saying you can do either or on a single member LLC? I can do the LLC EIN? Oh. On a single member LLC, you have to actually, because it's single member, they say we actually want the underlying 100% owner's EIN which in this case is your IRA. And we have a tax ID. It's called the reporting tax ID for our IRA customers that we give out that you can use to put on there. Because mm-hmm. you're going to say, it's XYZ Investments LLC, and there's a box you check that says it's single member. This is the correct way to do it. And then you say, this is my IRA that is this 100% single mm-hmm. member, direct to trust company, FBO, Matt Sorensen, IRA. And then you, it'll ask for the EIN of the underlying owner, the 100% owner. Mm-hmm. And that's where you put the EIN of, of your custodian, which is us. I learn something new every day on the show. There you go. I love it. Now, if Very it's good. a multi-member, then you just use the LLC's EIN. Okay. If it's a partnership or multi-member IRA LLC. Right. That's it. why I had to write a whole freaking article on it. So, But this is a common one. It's one of actually my more, more popular articles, believe it or not. You're a popular yeah. guy. Well, you know, you know, W-9s, whatever. IRA, LLC's, EIN's. Whew, hot topic out there. It's sex porn. I mean, this is just like tax porn. Yeah, it's, it's the IRA like, porn. Yeah, IRA mm-hmm. porn. I love that stuff. Okay. Um, okay. Question that came through social media um, was, is it too late to do a 401k for last year? I heard I could still do one. Uh, this is a blind spot of a lot of accountants uh, because we've all grown up knowing that if you didn't have your 401k set up last year and deal with it on a W-2 in January – 
heaven forbid it's a safe harbor 401k. But even the solo 401k world, if you don't have it set up by December 31st, for the last 15 years, we're just like, you're SOL. I ain't talking the statute of limitations. You know, it's not good. <laughs> but last year, the uh, government, the Gov, did us a favor, and they said, um, you can actually set up a 401k retroactively for last year. So, uh, wonderful opportunity. It, you're not going to get the deferral, employee deferral and the match, but at least you get half the benefit. You can still, so if you have a, we love it in a single member LLC or the S Corp, uh, because yeah. ultimately if you make an S election, you're not going to want that 401k set up under your social security number because you're going to have to restate the whole thing and basically redo the 401k. So if you're going to set up a retroactive 401k for last year, let's make sure you've got your LLC in place, even if it's just a single member LLC for your operations. You say, I didn't take payroll. I didn't, that's fine. We're going to be able to do a deferral based on your profit from last year. Or if you were an S corp, that deferral will be the the company match or deferral will be based on your payroll amount. So anyway, it's better than nothing. I like it because it really sets you up for the coming year and you don't have to go through this SEP story. You know, I'm going to do a SEP and then I'll convert to a 401k later. And then you're like, what the hell? Why didn't I just do a 401k? Just come out of the gate knowing that the 401k is the creme de la creme for the small business owner. And you can do it retroactively for last year. If you call the law firm, we yeah. are setting those up. Is it Kaylee? 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 Kaylee. Kaylee. So Kaylee, sorry, Kaylee. I hope she wasn't listening. <laughs> she might be. Kaylee is our, our, is our 401k paralegal. Call the law firm and they'll hook you up. Let's yeah. get it done. So let me say this another way is you can still set up a solo 401k and make 2022 contributions, even though we are living in 2023. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that's up until the tax return deadline. So for those of you that are sole proprietorships, that's going to be April 15th, but it includes extensions. So even if you extend, you can still be doing it into like September or later. Um, for S corps, of course, you got March 15th is your deadline, but again, plus extensions. So, we can still do solo Ks, for and you can still make 2022 contributions. For sole proprietors, you can do employee and employer, actually. But for S-corporations, you're only going to be able to get employer contributions in for 2022. So sweet little hot tip there. Yeah, love it. All right, I got a question here. Um, I don't know who this is from. Didn't give her name, but it's a good one. It says, I'd like to do private lending in my self-directed IRA. When I make a loan, if my self-directed IRA does not have enough funds, can I partner with myself to make the loan? For example, lender is my IRA, LLC 50%, and then 50% me. All interest and expense will be split 50-50. Is this okay? Yes, this is okay, but you got to be careful here. See, when it comes to self-directing, there's the prohibited transaction rules, which we cover in shows 1 to 10. So go all the way back if you're like, what is he talking about now? But there's some called the prohibited transaction rules that prohibits you personally from transacting with your IRA. Okay. So I know my IRA can't lend me personally money or buy or sell assets between me personally, but your IRA can transact with you personally into the same investment as long as it's allocated based on dollars invested. So as your question states here, if you're doing, let's say you're making a loan for $200,000 and 100,000 of that comes from your IRA or IRA LLC, and another 100,000 comes from you personally, that can work. Now on the note, you're gonna have what's called a tenant in common note, and you have a note that says 50% of this note is owned by my IRA or IRA LLC, the other 50% is owned by me personally, 
And then you basically have two lenders on one note. When payments come in, the payments will be split equally, 50% to your IRA, 50% to um, uh, to you personally. Now, that is where the problem arises. If you have a borrower that'll cut two checks, easy. They'll send one to your IRA for half the payment, one to you personally for half the payment, easy enough. But what they cannot do is send you personally the payment, you receive it, and then cut 50% over to your IRA LLC okay, or IRA. That's not going to work. So you cannot touch the money for either part of that. Those TIF operators, independent parties. So either you got to have the borrower agree to send half the payment in to the IRA, half the payment to you personally, or you can use a third-party payment company. There's lots of those that do it for notes out there where they kind of are the servicer and will do collection letters and stuff for missed payments or late notices. And they can receive the money and send half to you and half to your IRA. So it's a possibility. You just got to be careful. Make sure it's done right. Um, and make sure it's documented properly based on the dollars coming in. Okay. Um, this next question is a little more touchy-feely, but it, it did really pull on my heartstrings. So um, please give me a little latitude here. Um, this is from Crowd Investors. Um, and uh, he or she, I think it's um, he or she says, my father started taking Social Security at 62. I'll come back to that. And I've mentioned to him before that social security could possibly run out on 20 in 2033. <sighs> I'll come back to that. <laughs> then when asked, he doesn't know what he would do if that happened. What advice can I give him now to help him be financially stable later? He turned 67 this year. All right. Now we're going to come back to two or three points here. Like I just said, but Here's, here's the real scary part, and I am so glad that those of you that are catching this podcast are here because this is, this is so freaking important. Look at, listen, listen to what the undertone of this whole thing is. His dad is relying on Social Security for retirement. People, that's, that's a problem. I'm not saying Social Security is running out. I'm, I'm, Social Security is truly insurance a supplement to what you've already done for retirement. If your retire, if your social security is the difference maker in your retirement plan, and I know, and I know it is here. So I'm going to come back to some solutions, hopefully. But I just want to remind all of you that are in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, you have got to keep investing every week, every month, building your retirement account being actively involved in that. We're so grateful you're listening to this podcast. That's why you're here. I know it. I'm preaching to the choir. But we did. Um, I did a little uh, uh, Facebook, YouTube live on Social Security about three weeks ago. The average Social Security check is $1,500 a month. And taking early Social Security before age 67, there's, it's, you're penalized. It is reduced by 30%. You're actually incentivized to wait now until you are age 70. So from age 67 to age 70, you get an 8% increase in the Social Security amount you're going to receive the rest of your life. People, don't let your family members take early Social Security. It is, it's taxed. It's reduced. If you have earned income, it's reduced further. The government doesn't want you to take your Social Security early. Please. Keep saving, keep investing in Social Security. I want you to lose your Social Security check every month and not be bothered by it. And frankly, 
that's how it should be. It should just be there as gravy on top, cherry on top, whatever. Anything you want to add to that? Just the importance of just... Yeah, I mean, if your plan is Social Security, you have a plan to fail in retirement, and you're going to be working. Let's be honest. You're going to be back working pretty soon. So, um, And that's like when we say take control of your retirement, we're talking about your retirement account, but it also includes your other assets. Where else do you have assets? Do you have equity? Have you paid off your debt? Do you have some other stream of income from rental properties? We love building these tax-preferred retirement vehicles like Roth IRAs, traditional IRAs, 401ks, all this stuff. Um, but there's lots of other components to it. And social security is the last one you should be thinking about and counting on. That is the last one. Even all the proposals right now is I will already see all the presidential candidates starting to line up and throw out their proposals. You're already seeing them. Nikki Haley just threw out a proposal to limit social security payments because she says it's going bankrupt and we're going to have to limit it and and delay the age for the next generation. I'm like, well, who's the next generation? Oh, the people not getting a check right now. That's everyone else. Yeah, it, it's, it's scary. So uh, to unpack the question a little further, let's go in reverse here. It could possibly run out in 2033. People, if this country were to stop Social Security, um, there would be revolt, a revolt. It's not going to happen. Their government will find a solution to keep Social Security around. Now, when you'll receive it, how much you will receive, certainly up for debate. Welcome to the <laughs> presidential you know, debates yeah. next year. But- but it's not going around. This is the number one mainstay of the U.S. budget, and the government would have to fail before they're going to let Social Security go away. So don't just we, we don't need to be doomsdaying our family and freaking out, but we do need to let them know that it's not going away, but it's not what you think it's going to be for you. The last thing I'd say is he's 50, and, and this is for those of you that are saying, Mark, you're, you're hitting hard. There's some of us here that are already on Social Security. We're struggling. Um use kid gloves, you know, I, and I do, I want to show some, I definitely have empathy for all of it. It breaks my heart when people are in their sixties and, and still trying to figure out how they're going to retire in their seventies or eighties. Um, so a, a few quick suggestions, always keep saving. You can save in a Roth at any age and keep saving it and growing it. So just because you turn 62 doesn't mean you stop saving in a retirement account, keep funding your Roth because it will continue to grow tax-free the rest of your life. Number two, two words, side hustle. For some of you that are in your 60s, it can be very difficult to go out and get a job because you're competing against people half your age and it's not worth your, your, the money. It really isn't. I want to give you a few ideas. Start a small business at what you were good at doing during your life's career. Could you be a consultant? Could you start a service business? Could you start selling a product or some sort of... Um, uh, strategy opportunity online. The one that blows my mind is the enrolled agent program to become a business advisor and tax preparer is so straightforward and simple. You don't have to be a college graduate. You don't have to have a degree in accounting. You don't have to be a lawyer. You don't have to be a CPA. The accounting industry is starving for people that are willing to work in the accounting industry. And if you want to just take the enrolled agent exam, three parts, hour and a half a piece, Get certified in my program to prepare and to strategize tax planning. H&R Block has a two-month program where you're preparing tax returns in two months. People, you can open your own tax advisory practice and be making $50, $100, $200 an hour within six months. 
they, the accounting industry needs you. So if you're in your 60s and you can tolerate math at all and have some business experience, look at the EA program. Build a small business advisory practice. Don't go work for someone else. Start a business. Start funding your Roth. Start funding your solo 401k. Now, hopefully, Crowd Investors, your dad, has some skills that you can build upon to help him start making money. But he's got to go back to work. That's the reality. And do it now. All right. Gosh, you got on a stump speech there. That's tough. That was a tough that was topic. That was yeah, a, that's that's tough. Okay. Uh, last question for me here. I don't know if you want to pull your last one. Okay. Um, but this is a good one. It says, Matt and Mark, thanks for the great info. Podcasts and books are amazing. What is the best way to convert an old 401k that has both pre-tax and after-tax monies into a Roth account? How will the money transfer affect the withdrawal rules of the Roth in the future? Do I need to wait five years? Can I start the Roth account and then turn it into a self-directed Roth at a later point in time using an LLC? 58 years old, semi-retired, work part-time seasonally, Alaska North Slope. Okay. So if you have a 401k that that is composed of pre-tax and post-tax dollars, that means you have traditional dollars and Roth dollars. Okay. Pre-tax being traditional, post-tax being Roth. So what you're going to do is you can open a Roth IRA at directed IRA. The post-tax dollars can go straight into it, all right? That's going to be a, what's called a direct rollover. Post-tax, Roth, post-tax dollars in a 401k can go right into a Roth IRA. Now, the pre-tax dollars are traditional. you got a tax deduction when you put those dollars in. So they're like traditional IRA dollars. So what you'll do is you have to convert those over, and you can do the Roth conversion app. That's what I would do at our office when you set up the Roth account. And that way we signify and know, oh, they've got traditional dollars in. We're going to have to convert to Roth immediately. So those two buckets of money can both go into the Roth. Now, remember, let's say that that 401k is $500,000. Let's say $200,000 of it is Roth. $300,000 is traditional. $200,000 is the post-tax. $300,000 is pre-tax. Well, that $300,000 that we convert into Roth, you're going to get a 1099R for it, right? You're going to have to pay tax on it. It's going on your tax return as income. So- um, so there is a little pain to convert that pre-tax dollar amount over to a Roth account. Now, the nice thing at the end of the day, all that money's in the Roth IRA. You can self-direct it. We can add the IRA LLC to it and go out self-direct to start investing in the stuff you want. Now, um, as to the five-year rule, if you do the Roth conversion of those pre-tax dollars, you have to wait five years. The five-year rule is going to start over. So you're going to have a five-year window on when you can actually pull that money out with no tax or penalty. All right. So um, that's one little caveat I'd throw in there that you'll need to know as to the five-year rule. So, But there's a way. Both of those dollars can get to Roth. Just There are two different buckets and ways their money are going to get treated. Bottom line, the pre-tax one you're going to have to do a Roth conversion on. Okay. Well, one last question here for me too. And again, it's on this theme of I'm trying to build wealth. What do I do? Because that's really what this show is about in concept. I mean, we want to give you the tactical, the the granular procedures of how to self-direct. But what's the overarching theme? Save. Save for yourself. Save for your family. Save for the future. And take control. Not to be used without the express written consent. Yeah, and that sort of thing. You are authorized. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. I'm authorized? Okay. Yeah. Um, so this question, again, hits home. By the way, it's $10 every time you say it's it. It's $10? $10? Son of a... That's okay. my preferred pricing. That's a good deal. Oh, is that a good deal? Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Must and Glover uh, says, my wife and I are looking into buying a rental home for passive income, but we don't have the money. 
for the down per- 10, 20% down payment. My mother has offered 125K of her home equity to buy a house with cash and we pay back the loan. The credit union we have dealt with for decades won't give her the loan due to her low income, retired, unless my name is on the deed to the house. I I watched one of your past videos saying don't do that because it's a tax nightmare. Any advice would be appreciated. Thanks. Now, I don't know the details of the tax nightmare issue, but let me just say this, and I'm so grateful for your question. First, I applaud you. All of you out there, we've been saying this for years. Uh, The majority of wealth in in America is in real estate. That's what business owners have typically done to deploy their wealth is in real estate or real estate related assets, notes, um, uh, equity, uh, we call it private equity. Um, Real estate is where wealthy people put their money. So I want to challenge all of you to be looking at one rental property a year or part thereof. Now that also includes your retirement accounts. So let's think broadly about this. Um, Man, Mustang Glover and his wife are trying to buy a rental property. They're having a difficult time with the credit union. Can I just say, trying to be a creative real estate investor and working with a credit union, it's kind of like saying, can we mix water and oil? I mean, it just, that, please. Those, those don't go together. Yeah, they do not go together. So That's first- like pastrami and peanut butter. Yeah, do not do that. So <laughs> if you're frustrated and hit your head against the wall because you want to buy real estate and your credit union is where you're getting your advice, problem number one. Number two- you want to, sometimes you have to spend a little money to make some money here. And you're, apparently your mom is all in, which is great. Do not, do not go drain the equity entirely out of her home to go buy something for cash. You were on track with a 20% down, possibly. I mean, there's so many different real estate acquisition strategies, but let's just say you find a great property that's going to have a good ROI, cash on cash return, 20% down makes sense. I'm just going to assume you've done your homework there. You've done all of your real estate training, whether it's Renatus, bigger pockets, whatever, and you've got a good property. Call one of the lawyers, get your mom on the phone, talk about mom's retirement account. Does mom have an IRA? Why even tap into the equity in her home? Say, let's form an LLC with mom's IRA as a partial investor in that LLC. You guys manage the property still at 80% of the uh, LTV. You're going to go get a non-recourse loan. Maybe you do get a a loan or don't need a loan at all. Maybe there's a seller financing. You're going to learn on that call the rules of prohibited transactions. You can get mom's money into the mix. You can still go buy that rental. Maybe you end up buying two rentals now. But increasing your education level on this is critical. Use the LLC. Look at retirement accounts. Look at non-recourse lending. Look at seller financing. Mustang Glover, I want you and your wife buying three rental properties in 2023. With the right education and the right professionals, you can do it. You've got the capital here. You've got the interest. Now we've just got to get you the education. So please uh, don't give up. Get on it. And people, this is with the How many trillions are in retirement accounts now? 35. Oh, I thought it was, yeah. that's not that much. I thought 35 it was trillion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 35 trillion at your resources. When we go to our, we, Matt and I both speak at Renatus. It's a wonderful real estate education program. Get over to myrenatus.com. I don't make money there. If you go check it out. But at Renatus, they're educating investors on how to buy real estate around the country with 30 different methodologies. It's incredible. Do you know what their number one their, their number one problem is? It's not finding money. It's not finding lenders. It's finding deals. The money's out there. 
the deals are there. I mean, and the money's there and the lenders are there. So you're on track. You, you've just got to go get educated and get into a network to help you find these deals. And you can do them all day long. We've seen it over and over in our career. So. All I right. Any, I sorry. Yeah. No, Mustang lover. Love it. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, thanks everyone. Remember you can get over directedira.com slash podcast to ask your questions. We'll be doing another open forum show and open forum show here in a few weeks. So thanks for being here until then stay calm, self-direct off. Thanks everyone.